Podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. To celebrate the 147th birthday of Partick Thistle, which is today, the 19th of February, as we are recording, we have gathered to discuss games that took place on Partick Thistle's birthday and games that took place on or around our own birthdays. So joining me to do so, Heather Holloway. Heather, how are you? Great to be on, Matt. Uh, excited to talk about this and just I've got Dylan fever, so I'm feeling great. I think we all do. Ken Boswell's here. Ken, how are you? Very well. Very nice to be back, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Good stuff. And rounding off our panel is David Forrest. David, are you well? Hello, I am well. We've all got our party hats on. Thank you for the spread, Matt. Uh, The cake has been lovely. Um, Ready to celebrate Thistle's birthday uh, in the best way possible by reminiscing about draws at Capital. (laughs) Uh, David, I'll start with you then. The first game we're going to look at, I think we've, we've got about... Oh, four threes are 12 plus two more so about 14 games to get through so we'll maybe go a couple of minutes in each game I think the first game we're going to look at is Partick Thistle's first ever game which as mentioned was 147 years ago today they beat Valencia 1-0 at over Newton David a word on that one from you yeah, so um, as you said, 19th of February 1876 at Over Newton. Um, for those who don't know what it is, Over Newton is actually really, really close to Kelvin Grove. Um, if you go, there's actually a play park there now, but sadly they've got like swings and pavements and stuff like that, so you can't even play a game of football on it anymore. If you go to sort of Dumbarton Road, Brewdog, walk along, turn right, and then follow up the road, I think you go right again. Um, it's in and around about there. I would definitely heartily encourage anyone to go um, if they haven't been. We were there for a few years. There's quite a lot of different places who have been partake. But yeah, I have the report from the North British Daily Mail. I'm not joking. This is the entire report. Partick Vistel versus Valencia played in the ground of the former and resulted in their favour by one goal to nothing. And that's it. So we won 1-0. Um, but Valencia, it wasn't obviously the Valencia. It was a Glasgow junior team called Valencia. We won 1-0. Valencia, obviously, a big name these days in Scottish football, who've went on to numerable success. Um, I don't think I've ever heard of any other games by them. But yeah, they'll always have a, a part of Thistle history for being our first ever game. And I'll stick with you, David, to talk about the game that was closest to Thistle's 100th birthday. That was on the, the 21st of February 1976. And we won 3-0 at East End Park. Do you want to give us a word on that one? Yeah, I mean, what a game for the 100th anniversary. We won the, the championship that day. It was a championship winning game. I've got a report from the Sunday Post here, so I'll just run for that quickly. Jubilation and despair were the moods of the day when this game was over. Bertie Old and his players drank champagne to celebrate winning the title, while Harry Melrose and his boys were suffering the relegation blues. For 20 minutes, Dunfermline looked as if they could scrape at least one point, but Alan Ruff broke their hearts with two spectacular saves, 
from Watson and Georgeson. After that, Fissel decided he'd waited long enough. McQuaid came up on the left, drifted a gentle lob over the heads of the defenders, and Joe Craig placed his header well out of Barkley's reach. Then a free kick for hands against Adair, 20 yards out, was taken by Doug Sumner, who simply belted the ball low through the defensive barrier, and poor Graham Barkley never saw it. Confirmland fought doggedly in the restart, but Fissel skilled in defence, never letting them become dangerous. Joe Craig hammered the final nail in their coffin when he was on the spot to take a corner kick on the volley from six yards out. Uh, 4,000 there to watch us win the championship and send Confirmland into the bin that is League One. That's, that's brilliant stuff. I'm, I'm looking forward to the 150th anniversary in three years when we, we clinched the Premiership title with about 11 games to go. You know That'll be, that'll be a good way to mark that. Who are we relegating, Rangers or Celtic? Uh, Rangers. Rangers. Yeah. Yeah, upholding standards, upholding good standards there. <laughs> both because they'll have been amalgamated by that point into Glasgow. Red Bull Glasgow. Uh, Red coming. Bull Glasgow, that's yeah, uh, it. I'll come to you next, Ken. We're going to talk about games that were as close to our own birthdays as possible. So I'll start with you. I think you've got a, a thrilling nil now draw at Dundee to, to reflect back on, as I'm, sh- I'm sure you'll remember it clearly. Well, I mean, one of the things about my birthday is I have the same birthday as George Harrison, uh, who was a guitar player in a band that you probably haven't heard of. Um, and it was the same day that Sgt Pepper was released as well. I'm assuming that was that kind of thing. I had a wee look online and, and yeah, it was a nil-nil draw and it's it's got a kind of afterlife of its own because I've had to look into it because it turned up in my wedding speech and a kind of memorial thing that I did at my mum's funeral. And um, I was looking through, I, I couldn't find the Thistle team for anywhere, but I did find the Dundee team and there's Bobby Cox in there, which is, and the number 10 was Jockey Scott, who... I mean, I have no... I don't know where Jockey Scott is these days. You know, you would imagine if we're talking managerial merry-go-rounds, he's probably still out there in the outer reaches, you know, out beyond Pluto or something like that, if merry-go-rounds are analogous to the solar system. But um, the, the what was the other thing I noticed about it? Uh, oh, yeah, it was a league table at that point. We were around about 13th or 14th in the league. So the, the, the top two were Rangers and Celtic. I can't remember in what order. But does anyone want to hazard a guess who was third in the league at that point? Was it was it by any chance um, Clyde? It was indeed, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. There's, a, there's a funny story about Clyde this season in that they, they actually qualified for Europe, but they weren't allowed to play because it was the Fairs Cup. And because Rangers are in the first cup, there's only one team allowed from City Glasgow. They, they try to they say, oh, well, our bins get put out by South Lanarkshire Council because obviously they're in Rutherglen on the border. Half, like half of Shawfield is in Glasgow and half of it's in, in Lanarkshire. And they try to pull out the, oh, we get our bins taken up by Lanarkshire Council. And then they get told, yeah, but you play in the Glasgow Cup. So they missed it on their only European exodus ever because, um, they, <laughs> because they played in the Glasgow Cup. So there you go. Very funny. <laughs> That's fantastic, David. That is absolutely brilliant. That is that is worthy of a podcast on its own, I think, probably, you know. Oh, superb stuff. Very, very good. So, yeah, that's my memory of the game. While I was being 
I was being born up in one of the first babies to be born up in York Hill, actually. I was one of the first babies to be ultrasound scanned as well by the guy who invented radar or something like that, according to mom. This is, these are the kind of stories that your mum tells you, you know, kind of thing. But yeah, that's that's my memory of 25th of February, 1967. Well, we're off to a good start. David surprisingly hitting out with some trivia after this famously poor quiz performance. He's trying to redeem himself. Um, Heather, we'll move on to you. I think we're going to have quite similar seasons, but our games are going to be from different parts of the season. So we'll start with you, and I believe you're also a, a thrilling goalless draw to reflect back on the, the day you were born. Yes, indeed. I, I believe in a nil. I say I believe. I've been told this for my whole life. Um, I was, my birthday, the 30th of November 1996, was indeed a Saturday, and um, I have... Um, an older I've got two older siblings um, and my brother and my dad are very big party thistle fans my dad in particular and it has been reminded to me many many times and recounted the fact that I was born on a Saturday at 8 p.m meaning that um, Joyce Holloway did not allow her husband and uh, eldest son to go to the Thistle game and that they I mean quite rightly had to stay and you know be with her and uh, and it's always told to me the fact that they 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 missed a nil-nil draw against Morton that day uh, and I've I've I mean I've regretted being born on a Saturday so much of my life you know it's I've I've had to apologize on numerous occasions for certain for for this so yeah so I am I'm really sorry to Alan and Andrew for the fact that I am that my birth was such an inconvenience to you and uh, but yeah and also the the fact that it was a draw a nil nil draw as well like it's not like they missed a goal uh but no yeah so I actually didn't really do much research into the team or anything that day. It's just, it's just purely in my head the fact that I needed, I've needed to apologise for this for my, you know, my 26 years of existence. I'm glad we've given you the stage for a, a public apology. I'm sure the more the moral of the story is that Partick Thistle fans just can't get enough of nil nil draws against Morton in their life. I am. I, I'm just envisioning, you know, that episode of Peep Show when, when Mark has his baby and, he, <laughs> and he, he leaves and goes to KFC and ends up playing Time Crisis in the arcade instead of witnessing the buffer. Show. I'm, I'm, I'm half envisioning Heather's dad doing that, just popping out in a moment of weakness and just going down to like Far Hill or Capital and um, just watching this terrible nil-nil draw. That's the Peep Show episode I want. Just I'm in the rain watching. <laughs> watch I have to. Know, just repeatedly saying to myself that this is okay. This is what any normal person would do. I'll take I a will, pie back. <laughs> I will say, so I know this isn't this isn't the same, this isn't that day, but there was I did I have obviously I talked to my dad a little bit about this and he was telling me that actually the biggest thing that he doesn't forgive me for around my birthday was on my fourth birthday. I think fourth or fifth anyway. I um had a my again I had a I had a puppet show party for my birthday, and my mum and my mum did not allow Andrew and Al, and my dad to attend the football. They were to be at a five year old's puppet show birthday party, and it says one nil down going into the final moments of the game when Martin Hardy scored twice. We were having to constantly update uh, C facts. Um, <laughs> or whatever it was called in the TV. After we equalised, we were just hoping we could hold on to the draw. When the unthinkable happened, total bedlam at the party. And 
that was the day that I vowed never to miss another game, no matter what. So I can you can really see that my birthday is a real a real like hazardous topic in the Holloway household. He's not he's not missed a game really since. <laughs> I would have more sympathy with them missing a game for a, a puppet show. To be fair, that's that's a valid complaint. David, we're going to you. It's, a, it's another draw against Morton, but we do have we do have some goals on the day you were born. Yeah, that is true. Um, so. As we've talked about before, I am a goth, and of course, because I'm a goth, that means I was born on Friday the 13th in the month of Halloween. Uh, so Friday the 13th of October 1989 was the day I was born. The next day was a draw against, surprise, surprise, Morton. I think we just play Morton every every week. When people are born, when there's a baby during the Thistle fan base, we're playing Morton. Um, it was a 2-2 draw. The, the thing that I noticed about this uh, that really stuck out, and even mentioned this in the Fissile Archive, apparently it was absolutely roasting in the middle of October at Capital. I cannot believe that that's ever a thing. Like, how it cannot, it could not have been roasting at Capital in October 1989. That just, that just does not scan. Martin opened <laughs> in real f- good Fissile fashion. Martin opened when their striker out jumped the keeper. And you're like, that's that's just a day that you're all uh, you're you're set up after five minutes. You're already one 0 down because your your keeper got out jumped like Maradona, and um, for the hand of God at 86. We got an equaliser in 33 minutes, and then we went two one up just before half time. Apparently, the second half sounds like an absolute riot because it says we lost our discipline, and after numerous bookings, so we just completely lost the rage and just started throwing in the tackles and fighting people um, at Capital, and of course, Morton then equalised to make it to each. It sounds like a cracking day, um, to be honest. I'm sure my, neither my mum and dad like football. In fact, or, uh, in fact, my dad refused to drive past Farhill for about 15 years because he once got a puncture, and he was convinced that they were just putting stuff outside in the road um, to stop uh, to, to puncture his car. And I tried to explain that it wasn't. And the only the, this embargo against Fahill only stopped when I became a Fissile fan. And I had to ask him for a lift. And he finally relented after, no joke, about 10, 15 years of never driving on Fahill roads. But I'm sure they would have been gutted to miss um, this 2-2 two, two draw at Capital. Because, I mean, some fights and numerous bookings sounds absolutely great. That, that'll be the elephant buried under Fahill sending out bad voodoo vibes for your, your dad's <laughs> Um, I was born on the on the third of May, nineteen ninety seven. That was a Saturday. The Thursday of that week, uh, Tony Blair won the election, so he was declared prime minister on the Friday. So times were changing, but obviously that's not what that week's remembered for. The week is remembered for Partick Thistle's first home win in three months, uh, as they defeated <laughs> Falkirk two one. This was a Falkirk team who who were preparing for a Scottish Cup final uh, against Kilmarnock later on. So it was a, a much changed Falkirk team. And Partick Thistle one two one, and according to the the Thistle Archive friend of the show, Murdo McLeod said post match that massive improvements would be made the following season, and he then resigned later that month. So, so that is the story of of the game on my birthday. And um, we're now going to talk about games that fell on or around either your 18th or your 21st birthdays. Uh, and Ken, I'll come back to you for this. Sounds like a this sounds like a positive one. Is this a Clyde Bank one? Uh, from when would I have been 18? So that would have been 1985. Well, the reason I wasn't at this game is by this point I had a Saturday job because I left school in 1984. You know, people always say, 
oh, this must make you feel really old. I bet this makes you feel really young, you know? <laughs> and um, I was working in Savoy Centre in a record shop called A1 Sounds, which became FOP eventually, uh, run by a guy called Gordon. It was right at the back of, I mean, I don't know if any of you know Savoy Centre in Sucky Hall Street, but it was right at the back of the second floor. And at that time, what would happen with record shopping is it would be fairly busy during the week. You know, people would come out of offices and all that kind of thing. But Saturday was a big going around the record shops there. And I remember this because I did it myself. But one of the things I particularly remember at the moment, at, at that time, now, at, this would be round about the high point of the Smiths, probably. But we used to get a bunch of pneumonoids in. And what pneumonoids are, are Gary Newman fans. But these guys were like, brickies and they would come in on a saturday wearing sort of blue eye shadow uh, with homemade tattoos that said things like rfc and that kind of thing and more on the uh, and they would buy shaped picture discs and all the gary newman stuff so i never actually saw this game because i was selling shaped picture discs to guys who were brickies during the week and probably went out fighting at the savoy center on the saturday night no disrespect to them, obviously. They're probably all dead now. Um, so that they could um, take their shaped Gary Newman picture discs home. So I missed this game completely. And at that time, well, we didn't even have a radio on in the shop. No mobile phones. I, I, now, how would I have found out the score of this? I would have probably found out from something like the Evening Times Pink, buying a copy of that on the way home. Or something like that, with my with my ten pounds a day wages, from from a, a, a record shop in the Savoy Centre. So that's my memory of that game. That's still very on brand, I think. Uh, <laughs> an acceptable excuse. This Craig Bank game is a really interesting one when I was having a look at it. We played them a couple of days before, actually, on the Tuesday. We won 4-1 in a Scottish Cup replay, so we played Clyde Bank about three times in the space of a week. So no wonder you didn't go, to be honest, because you know, you'd have had your fill of Clyde Bank-based games by that point. So we won 3-0 on 27th of February. Only 2,500 people there. The Sunday Post referred to it as an appalling game. Barely a shot on target. I don't think there was any shots on target in the first half. Maguire scored to make it 1-0 in 63 minutes, then a second in 79 minutes. A very old goal to set one because Maguire got caught with a lazy back pass and then both him and the keeper fell down. He got up first and scored. He actually he got a hat-trick. He got a, apparently a very, very soft penalty. For Thistle, um, I believe we were quite low down in the table at that point, but nonetheless, I win it for Hill. You can't really complain about that on your birthday, even if you didn't go. But I'd certainly say I'd like to see a report from the Evening Times pink. I'm sure it was glaring about the dourness of the first half, no doubt. Uh, Heather, we'll come back to you. Yeah, so I'm going for the game that I actually celebrated as my 21st birthday. There was a closer game, which was the 2nd of December, a 1-0 loss to um, to Hibs, but I wasn't at that game. But my again, my brother and dad, uh, to, we went for... Uh, pre pre match pizza um, in Gorgie before a a game against Hearts. It was on the nineteenth of November, just before my end um, in two thousand seventeen, and that was when Hearts had just um, had their new stadium, 
oh, or no, the, 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 the new stand. So they had all the all the lights and there was um, fireworks and everything. And then one of my best friends from uni, George, um, or Simo, as we call him, he's a massive Liverpool fan, never been to Scottish football in his life. Like, had no, like, I'd been kind of telling him about it and and I kind of finally convinced him to come with me. And and he just could not, be, like, I think he just couldn't believe what he was watching. I mean, when you grow up watching Liverpool, then you come to a, a Thistle game. But, you know, to, for your only Scottish football game to ever be at, at Tyne Castle, I mean, that is, to me, I, it's my favourite ground. And just what an atmosphere. And also to see all the, all the excitement. So, I, and I remember it so well. It was they played very well in the first half. They were very good, and um, and we were like, and we were just hanging on, you know, really hanging on. And then at half time, he just he, he completely changed the shape and everything, and started to give us a bit more chance. But we, um, so Kyle Lafferty, I think, shot out, um, scored the first goal, and you know, Hearts were playing so well, and then. They were the ones, I don't think it was that we played better. I think they just completely kind of collapsed in the kind of Cathro way. And uh, apparently we brought on Kevin Nisbet and Gary Fraser. They came on instead of to, to replace Stevie Lawless and Chris Erskine. I just still find that wild, you know, the fact that, you know, we've kind of grown up in this Stevie Lawless generation of two spells. And then I believe Blair Spittle whipped in a free kick and there was, you know, there was a ball in the... A ball, a ball right in front of goal, and who else is going to score that? But the one that only the best person in the world, Chris Doolin, uh, equalised one-one, uh, maybe like the, around the 85th minute. And I just, I remember turning to my friend and saying, you know, like that's just the like that's just what Chris Doolin does. You know, put a ball in a box, he's going to score it. And I think you know, Hearts obviously had really planned to make that such like a party day for them. You know, their new stand everything's everything's great here and I just kind of love that we kind of came and and ruined that for them so that was a good a good day I I totally agree I remember that game well and I I remember I think we had to swap fixtures with hearts around so that they had more time to get time castle ready and then I think it got moved to Sunday for some reason and I think even when we were on the ground the kickoff got delayed and this I mean the state the stand was still a a, a building site site. yeah. yeah yeah That's no, right. I, it was quite unsafe. I can remember it just being all cement mixers and all that kind of thing. And walking back down Gorgie Road, absolutely bouncing, you know. And that dueling thing where after the goal, he wheels away and just points one finger, you know. I think there's a great photo. I'm sure there's a great photo from that from that game that they sometimes use of dueling stuff. I'm actually just reading a little bit of the report now and apparently Miles' story was the person who made way for Dylan in the 57th minute. And, you know, a part of the report talks about a kind of a very poor shot that uh, that Miles Story had on target. And I'm like, that just sums it up, doesn't it? What a player he was. Well, you know, the reason Story had done his 100 step overs for the, the day, so they had to take him off after that. <laughs> he was not allowed to do 101. <laughs> I remember it was, uh, it was on the Sunday and I said it was moved to half four. ICW, um, the wrestling show, they had their big, uh, the Hydro, I think it was at Hydro, the SECC. It was uh, one of the biggest uh, wrestling show in Europe since like Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks. I remember having to try and get the bus back from Edinburgh to Glasgow after this, and my wife texted me going, where the fuck are you? Like, where, what, what is going on? Oh, um, you know, the builders haven't been able to turn up in time, so we need to wait an hour and a half for the game. Well, that, that's sort of my biding memory as well, but it's just 
feeling like we'd really spoiled their party and let a real get up you feel them in Dylan squad but I suppose looking back five years on they're the, they're the third best team in Scotland and we've had quite a miserable time of it since so you know we had our little moments so that's that's all that mattered we have spent quite a lot of time on that game so we'll rattle on to David uh, you're another one well another one probably on the second one we've spoken about but a win on your your 21st birthday or around it yeah, so uh, my on my twenty first birthday it was the sixteenth of October, uh, twenty ten. Um, Thistle one, Falkirk nil. Now, top before I, I didn't really go to games at all before eleven, twelve, twelve, thirteen. So, no, had no recollection of this game whatsoever. Uh, so I watched the highlights on YouTube today, and um, funnily enough, Callum Higginbottom was playing for Falkirk that day. Um, it was an interesting week, curio. What a game this was. I think maybe one of the worst displays of defending from both teams I have seen in a football game. Like, Bryn Hallowell was probably the safest person in terms of defensively for both us or Falkirk, and that is saying something. And even he was, like, jumping out and flapping at balls and all that. It was, it was an absolute disaster. The goal that we scored is, frankly, ridiculous. Um, a defender just has the ball and he just has to punt it out for a clearance and then gets waylaid by three Thistle players all just uh, surround him and then he just absolutely cacks his drawers and just gives the ball away we um, we, we then lump the ball in from the left a guy jumps to head it and completely misses the ball and so he just looks utterly stupid it comes to Paul Payton um, who then does a wee trick to get, to get past a player um, lifts the ball up and then volleys it in from about 20 yards out. I mean, there was a good five or six opportunities for Falkirk in this move to stop this goal, and they didn't. And it was, it, honestly, it is worth a watch just for how laughably bad the defence was. And that's that's even including, we beat Falkirk 5-0, obviously at Farhill in the COVID season to win the title. And the, their defence in that game looked like AC Milan, and sort of mid, and in the 90s compared to this, and yeah, we were terrible as well. The more things change, the more they stay the same, uh, you know, because we're still watching chronic defences every week. But th- this was uh, a sight to behold, and yeah, I'm, I'm so glad I picked this one. Who was the manager then? It was Ian McCall, oh, um, nice. funnily enough. Yeah, it was indeed Ian McCall. So yeah, um, I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> I'll pick it up from there. A game the day after my twenty first birthday. Um, this was in the, the relegation season right at the end, so this isn't a happy one. Obviously, had the the joy slash embarrassment of getting a, a birthday announcement at halftime. Uh, I think that's like a rite of passage as a Thistle fan. Um, it was a one one draw on the fourth of May twenty eighteen at home to Ross County. This turned out to be the bottom two of the league. My abiding memory of this game is an. I will continue to bang the drum next time we have a free week. We want to do a deep dive in the 17-18 season. Obviously, we didn't have the pod back then, but I think it's such a fascinating time where so much happened. A lot of folks sort of pinpoint the sort of collapsing against Rangers, losing two stoppage time goals against Dundee and Hamilton consecutively. And then the, the playoff, obviously, is, is key points in the relegation season. I think this gets overlooked. My bad memory of this is having like three, at least three, if not four, clear handball shouts for penalties and Kevin Clancy was just not interested in any single one of them and if you look at the league table we get, we finished 11th and Hamilton were above us on, on goal difference so if, if we got the penalty we'd have probably missed it if we got it and scored it and things played out the same way we, we might have stayed up but 
plenty of ifs and buts there, but I think that was a, a key game not to win in our, our demise that season. And as I say, it was the, the penalty shouts that I, I can remember clearly. That was, because I remember that was obviously, we'd played Ross County at Dingwall away, the famous Dingwall away that we all went to. Yeah, it was awful. And at that point, we were like, we are in deep, deep trouble. Um, however, Ross County were also really bad as well. And you, you kind of went into it going, if we don't win this, we are so screwed. Like, this is this is our bailout clause where we can win this and make a bit of distance and we'll probably be all right. There was a, probably one of the biggest games of our season, even more so than the Dingwall one, because it was really last chance over this. And uh, so, of course, we drew it. <laughs> uh, we'll move on now to games that actually took place on our birthdays, memorable games from any birthday at all. So, Ken, another high-scoring game from you? Is this the Queen of the South one from 1989? Yeah, That's yes. the one, yep. Oh, yeah. Again, this was a game I wasn't at, you know? I mean... The, Obviously, I'm developing a theme here, but um, when you actually look at the crowd for this game, Queen, doomed queens, I think they refer to them as at that point, the crowd for this game was 984. Now, I think it's only of recent that uh, Palmerston's become a kind of, sort of magnet destination in terms of people going down there and trains and all that kind of thing. But this was probably the point at which certainly my relationship with football but generally speaking I think all the the, the overall relationship with football was is absolute nadir now Lambie, Lambie had come back in by this point but Thistleborough had absolutely suffered from about 1983-84 onwards so the, the, the crowd was so low for this one I noticed Flood was one of the scorers John, John Flood you know, when we started to to actually build something with Lambie, John Flood is one of these guys who became a hero. But this is very, very much in the early days. By this point, I was I was doing my my, my degree up at Glasgow Tech, and had totally lost interest in Thistle by that point. I mean, you, you would you would look at the scores and that kind of thing, but it was it it, it wasn't a case of just being interested anymore. You know, um, just totally disillusioned with the whole Sandy Clark, the 80s, just everything about it was awful. Um, so I, I don't even know if, I, I would have probably read the report of this match in the Sunday Post. But, you know, with with hindsight, one of the things about it is, you see Lambie coming back in at, the, at, at this point in time in 1989, when I was probably been more interested in going to see REM at that point uh, than I was going to see Thistle, you know, even though they only toured once every four years. Um, but, you know, Lambie was actually building something and it was latterly, so 91, 92, 93, that it started to come to fruition. But I, I could obviously, I found this game on Thistle Archive. It's, it's, it sounds like an incredible game. He got 4-2 to us. And we hit the woodwork six times. Six times we hit the woodwork in this game. And there's, there, there's what, 984 people to see that. Now, I don't know what Queen's um, attendances are like nowadays in League One or anything like that, you know, but I would imagine that must have been one of the lowest attendances for any game at that point, you know? Heather, what about you? 
so the birthday game that I've chosen, and I was, I can confirm that I was at it. I was quite young at the time, but um, this obviously shows that after my dad made that promise that we're never missing football games again, my birthday was obviously just ignored and uh, no more parties on Saturdays. And it was uh, a trip to Farhill. It was a 3-0 win against Kilmarnock with um, Alex Burns scoring a hat-trick. And I think I think he scored all three goals in the in the second half. I, I don't obviously I it was 2002, so I don't have a very clear memory of of that of that time. I have some kind of vague memories of the um promotion winning season and things, but I don't know if some of that just come from things that like my dad and brother have told me and watching old clips back and things like that. But my my dad assures me it was a it was a great day out. I think that's probably him just making sure that I know that. Uh, football comes first with birthdays but yeah um, it sounds like to me that uh, obviously Alex Burns scored some absolutely cracking goals that day he was what a player he was we were so lucky to have him and uh, I can see a photo from the game right now and he's got um, the ball you know he's put the ball under his shirt like a baby for one of the celebrations so a cracking team that day you know Kenny Arthur and goal Alan Archibald Cragen's playing Martin Hardy Jerry Britton Scott Patterson and yeah a fa- 5,000 at Fur Hill just sounds sounds great me and Mark um did uh, obviously for Burns Night a, year, a few years ago we'd done uh, a toasty Burns sort of top five countdown and this was the top game the goals that he scores in this, it's on YouTube, and I would implore everyone to go and find them because him and Jerry Britton look like something out of Football Italia, the way that they are playing. One of the, honestly, one of the best performances I've ever seen from a Fistle player in a game. The goals are incredible. We are just absolutely flying at the time. They are really, really great. Like I, I would definitely say that's a, a must watch if you've not seen the highlights of that because it's unbelievable how good we were. Um, I think after that game, someone from the club got me uh an Alex Burns you know full, like a kind of um a kind of bigger version of whatever his SPL sticker would have been and a signed thing saying happy birthday so that was quite cool that was I don't know where that's gone it's kind of one of those things where you look back on you're like oh, I wish I still had that but I remember that being up on my wall next to um I think a photo of Martin Hardy so yeah <laughs> a young Heather's wall <laughs> and now and a young and now in an older head as well, there is just a big um a big thing of, of Chris Dillon. <laughs> Ken. We actually swaggered in that game. Um the the third toasty goal, the one where he just chips the keeper from the angle of the box. I mean, absolutely incredible. The other thing I really like about that is I've and I've still got it, is uh, we were on the front page of the Observer Sport. And it's a picture of Burns with the ball stuck up his, his, his jersey. But it was just like, oh, the London Observer, you know, the Manchester Guardian's Sunday sister knows about us, you know. And it was just like Burns was, oh, yeah, I, I totally agree with Heather. We were different class that day and beating Kelly as well. Yeah. David, you implored everybody to go and watch highlights of that Thuna win over Kamonic. Would you implore everyone to go and watch highlights of of this game that happened on your birthday a couple of years ago? <laughs> oh my God, this fucking game, man. <laughs> um, so the, the game I chose, so I, I didn't actually go to this one, but I did watch this. This was a Thistle nil, Queen of the South nil on the 13th of October 2020. Obviously 2020 
was, let's see, a challenging time for us all. I think at this point, this, this would have been our second, this is our second away game, like proper away game of the season in COVID, so behind, lock, uh, behind closed doors. We are all still trying to get to grips with it. And I believe this might be the first time that we ever use, uh, we ever had to deal with picks a lot. And absolutely, a, a word that will send a shiver down the spine of every uh, fan of the cinch, you know, paper plates and napkins and stuff and bald heads, you know, sending the camera going flying everywhere. And we were all, um, I remember it was like the, the birthday I'd had before was my 30th birthday in 2019. And that was like the best birthday. I went to see Scotland play San Marino. All my friends came and we, you know, had just had a great, great weekend um, of just having great fun with my friends. And then you fast forward the year to this game where you're stuck in the house and you're trying to figure out how to use Queen of the South's frankly antiquated website um, and try to put your card details in to spend like 15 quid on a stream of someone's bald head as you miss, a, as you miss like chances on goal. But... The, I did go to a game on my birthday. We, we, we the game after Archie got sacked, we played Dundee United at Farhill, and Jerry Britton um, was interim manager. And I, I play for this weekend. Um, you know, as a game of an interim manager. Matt, qu- uh, quick question: Can you guess? Did we win or lose with Jerry Britton in the dugout? I oh, know for a fact we lost that. I can remember <laughs> it well. Yeah, uh, that was an awful game. But this was um, quite bad. We won in penalties, the Queen of the South game. Um, and the, the reason I'll always remember this game, apart from Pixel, is here's another trivia question for you. Can anyone name the Queen of the South player that missed the penalty? My favourite name in all of Scottish football. Was it Norty Norty? It was indeed the Shaman's <laughs> favourite footballer, Norty Norty. A wise philosopher once said Norty Norty. Because I remember no one had ever heard of him. And then I Norty Norty starting to like, I'm sorry, what? Um, it's like, you know how in FIFA, when you get regens in like year four, 14, and like they just, it's just random names that come out. It sounds like a FIFA regen name. But um, it was obviously very funny to see him and incredibly funny when he missed it. It was very naughty of him um, that day to miss it and deny Queen's a precious bonus point. <laughs> you say it was very funny when he missed it. My memory of this game was obviously pixel but Queen of the South then cutting the feed midway through the shootout. It was obviously a delay on the, the feed and they knew we'd won on penalties and they just cut the feed midway through. So we went from watching a, it was a terrible nil-nil drawing, Brian Graham was sent off as well. And then we were watching a penalty shootout and then all of a sudden the stream had died and we had to go and refresh Twitter to, to, to see that we'd won. So, you know, naughty, naughty, Stephen Dobby, David Mundell, George Galloway, your boys took a hell of a beating. <laughs> that explains why I didn't get it in C-Fax. <laughs> um, I think it'd been easier to follow the game in CFAX than it would have been to watch this fucking stream because it was so bad. Uh, it was, oh, what what a cursed season! I know we won the league one title, but let us never ever do that again. Like, like no. let's be better as a society so we don't ever have to go through this again. Because I, I don't want to go back to this. <laughs> I've picked a I've picked a game from last season on my birthday, uh, which was the the 
2-1 home defeat in the playoffs to Inverness. So obviously I'm not going to speak about that too much. I'm going to try and uh, get an advertising deal for the podcast with the Shish Mahal, which is where I obviously went from a birthday meal. I had an excellent starter of fish pakora, a massive lamb biryani and ice cream with raspberry sauce. And I believe I, I, I double drank that day. I went for a mango lassi and a pint of Cobra. So, you know, if anyone from the Shish Mahal is listening, we are, we are open to offers. And if the, the offer is... Absolutely nothing but shout out the Shish Mahal on every episode. I, I will do it. So that, that's all I've got to say on that game. If you really want to know what happened that game, I mean, there's a podcast from about nine months ago you can go and listen to us talk about why we're not getting promoted. Well, we'll finish as we always do with a, a quick partridge thistle. Heather, you've already mentioned your, your Alex Burns card. Um, I'm going to just ask you, what are your best or worst partridge thistle related birthday gifts birthday. that you've received? I've got, I've got an even better one. Oh, go for it. Um, so my best friend Alfie Fraser, who currently is in Dubai, but um, my football best friend all the way through, um, like uni and stuff, he knows that I have a real love for James Cragen. And um, and one day he asked me, I've got a pink, like the pink top, the pink and blue top, not the weird camel one, like the nice one. And he said to me, Oh, like Hev, can I borrow that? for like a bit I was like yeah no problem like didn't really think much of it and um I mean he borrowed it for like two years and I was like this is a bit like strange and whatever and then it arrived on my um like it arrived at my house one day signed by James Cragen and he meant to do it for like I think I think actually for my 21st birthday because he's got like a friend of a friend who knows him and then it took that long to happen but um, but I, I appreciated his dedication. I think he just took this top constantly to places trying to get trying to get it signed. But yeah, so that was probably my best pre- like my best present. Uh, I've got a signed James Cragen top with a pink one, and uh, that's quite special to me. So yeah, very nice. Can anyone top that? I I have a worst. Uh, well, I I, I love the shrimp. But I um you may remember this, Matt, because I seem to remember you giving me shit about it at the time. But if, oh, I I generally get thistle tops and like used to buy me tickets and stuff like that for games. I didn't have a season ticket for my birthday because it's a really really easy thing. Greaves are really onto a winner because my wife just literally logs on every year and just buys like tracksuits and stuff like that for me, and it's all great. But I had a top a home top from the I believe the fourteen fifteen season with my name and a number on it, and I picked my favourite number, which is seven, despite the fact. I am a centre back. Now, looking back now, I, you know the, the follies of youth. But um, yeah, I'm number seven centre back. Um, it's a disgrace. Uh, it's a three-game ban from the podcast for that. <laughs> uh, our lawyers will be in touch. Ken, I, my wife very kindly got me a framed drawing that my son had done when he was about three or four, which was Partick Thistle Man. And Partick Thistle Man is like three quarters of a banana with kind of stick arms, red and yellow, and large googly eyes. And written down the side says, we score when we want, we score when we want, 100% good. And it's now framed and in the living room wall. That's gold. I love that. Absolute gold. That yeah. is brilliant. I love that. Um, Evie, my niece who's four, she constantly makes my dad like her grand her her granddad partick thistle flags so she just gets like a4 paper and color and third like splits it 
red, yellow, black, and then gets a straw or or something, and then takes it up. So Granddad's office is just full of these like Partick Thistle flags. I just love that. That's it. That that's a really wholesome end to the show. So we will leave this episode there. Ken, Heather, and David, thank you very much for joining me and sharing your your memories of your birthday and thistle on or around those dates. And thank you very much for listening. Happy birthday to Party Thistle. Naughty, naughty, very naughty. Good. His friends call him easy when he is the main geezer And he vibe up the place like no other man could He's refined, he's sublime, he makes you feel fine They're very much maligned and misunderstood But if you know he's he's a real crowd pleaser He's ever so good, he's ever needs a good You see that he's mischievous, mysterious and devious When he circulates amongst the people in the place Once you know he's fun and something of a genius He gives a grin that goes around face to face to face Backwards and then forwards, forwards and then backwards He's a is a geezer, he loves to muscle in That's about the time the crowd has shout the name of Ezer He's crunched in the corner laughing by the base bin Salmon, soy. Yeah. Yeah.